everybody. Welcome to the Sports. 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 Podcast. I'm Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Pomaville. And joining us, as always, is the sports outsider, Phil Ranta. Oh, God, I've missed human connection. Right. Oh. Have you? Have so you, So good Phil? to hear your voice. No, I haven't. I've got a baby and a wife. I was going to say, I feel like you're pretty sad. I don't think you're starving for social contact. No. Of all of us, Phil, you live with two people. Jordan lives with one person. And the people in my head, Joel. There we go. Yeah, well, that's all I got. Uh, and you've got us in your ear right now. If we really uh, exist, uh, you might have uh, always... I mean, maybe we were all made up, and this is just some sort of Joel simulation. You don't yeah, know. Actually, maybe, this in, maybe my entire life has been like a Truman Show situation, and the thing that's happening right now is that they're repairing the sets. It's like a, a Truman Show situation if... The guy who was directing it was the most boring asshole on earth. <laughs> like, hey, why don't we have him join an improv group? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think the guy is basically like, Joel just got a raise. He's thinking about traveling. We need to build some new places for him to visit. LA's getting old. Let's just do something like a plot device to ensure that he's inside and not out and about for months at a time. So oh, we can continue 100%. building out the various structures necessary for the next several months of the Joel show. See, and that's how conspiracy theories start. <laughs> but I think the larger point still stands because social scientists agree that right now one of the best way to, to be with your friends is just to listen to podcasts. Podcasts yeah. are your friends. That's Specifically true. our podcast. A lot yeah. of social scientists, and don't look this up, but a lot of social scientists specifically said the Sports 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 podcast was of enormous benefit to its listeners. Oh, sure. And, and sure, podcast consumption has gone down dramatically since the social distancing <laughs> measure went in place because everybody's turning to their televisions. But you know what? Video games get old after a while, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Atari? Do. Who plays Atari? And you can't get sports comedy when you're playing Atari. That's true. Speaking which of which, I am going to do a series of... I'm going to play out a season of Tecmo Super Bowl again for the Sports, Sports, Sports podcast fans there um, we on our social media site. So look out for that. It's going to be fun. That sounds awesome. And today we have a couple huge guests. Oh, We're yeah. We're going to have uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. Is this yeah, correct? Mel Kuyper Jr. Uh, I mean, Jordan, we have actual sports going on to some degree or another right now. So Jean really pulled out the stops in this one. His and name's got Gene. Us, Gene. He got us the uh, drafting expert the world over for all time. So, yeah, Mel the Mel Kuyper Jr. here today. So that's wow. incredible. So we'll lead with that. Uh, after, after Mel Kuyper Jr., we're going to have another huge guest. It's going to be uh, uh, Rob Gronkowski, new wow. Tampa Bay Buccaneer Rob Gronkowski. We haven't heard from him in a while. I wonder how he's doing with all this social distancing. It'll be, it'll be good to find out. Plus, uh, Phil, a wide world of weird sports? Goddamn right we do. But first, Tom Brady update, watch update. Tom Brady, update, watch, update, brought to you by... Handsome guy, handsome cream. Put the handsome cream all over your handsome body. <laughs> Rob you know, Kowalski comes... stuff, and it didn't, it didn't work. I thought it did pretty good, Joel. <laughs> oh, 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 thank you, Phil. Rob Gronkowski comes out of retirement to reunite with Tom Brady. Subheadline, now there has to be an NFL season. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I also don't know why, but I feel like this news makes Johnny Manziel really happy. I can imagine. Right? Yeah. He's just like, oh, Gronk's back. Yeah. 
Now I'm kind of hoping like the season is canceled and then like July of next year, Gronk's like, you know what? I thought better of it. Right. Well, following his, his unretirement and a trade with the New England Patriots, Rob Gronkowski, who is roughly what would happen if you stacked all three original Beastie Boys on each other's shoulders and put them in football pads. <laughs> That's fun. Has been swept away to sunny Tampa, joining Tom Brady with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Patriots sent Gronkowski and a seventh-round draft pick in exchange for a fourth-round pick, wherein the Patriots will probably just select the next Rob Gronkowski. Sure. Um, the bummer about this is it will end Gronkowski's year of retirement, which, like the movie Forrest Gump, featured the mentally handicapped football player showing up at all sorts <laughs> of seemingly random but historically significant times. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, like when he met JFK. Yeah. He trashed the stage on Steve Harvey's New Year's Eve show. He made it four weeks as the White Tiger on The Masked Singer. I've never seen that show. Maybe I should. And no, don't do it. It's not good. <laughs> does, does that mean Rob Gronkowski can sing? No, people on The Masked Singer cannot necessarily sing. It's, it's mostly a dancey dancing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's but more about dancing costumes. in the costumes. How are you yeah. supposed to guess who it is? Based, do they give you hints? They're yes. never right. They give... They show, they show a weird clip package before you perform that has all these uh, opaque hints. Like one of the ones uh, for uh, Gronk was a cow skiing. Gronkowski. Oh, uh, maybe I should watch this show. You it's might, terrible. You'll love it, Joel. <laughs> it's so bad. I hate it so much. Anyway, uh, also most recently, Gronkowski won the WWE's 24-7 championship at WrestleMania. Oh, wow. Phil, uh, do you care to explain the 24-7 the championship? You know, I have not been watching the product enough to know what's going on with that right now. Oh, well, then I'll tell uh, you. Uh, Jordan, I can, I can go ahead nope. and, and let you nope. know what that is. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to let you. You travel back w in time w for each one. Nope. So this would be the champion for the year 24-7 BC, and then they'll do 24-7 AD 500 years from now. And that's been another sports throughout history. <laughs> Totally worth it. WWE issued a statement to ESPN. This is true. It's an actual statement. Congratulations to Rob Gronkowski, the current WWE 24-7 champion, on his return to football. But per the rules of the 24-7 title, Gronk must defend his championship at all times and at any location. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're, yeah. Anyone can challenge you for this belt at any time. And the, and the WWE adds, again, not a joke, he could be celebrating a touchdown pass from Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. Ellipses, anytime, anywhere. Yeah. Now, now, hang on a second. Does this also mean that anytime he plays a football game, if he catches a pass and is tackled, if he doesn't get up within a three count, uh, the 24-7 championship will just go to whichever defender just got him. That would be so awesome. And then they just keep passing around the 24-7 title around the NFL. Oh, right. that would well, be great. Sure it'll be with, like, a defender for a while, but if that's not, like, a kick return specialist, it'll be until they, uh, they get an interception before it moves again. Now, in the WWE, that means two things for 24-7. One is they're either going to beef with somebody who's then going to jump them backstage, or... It's after they've already been through a very, very hard match, they get beat up, then the other person challenges them, and then they take it away. All uh, right. So, locker room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Rob Gronkowski retired at the age of 29 after winning Super Bowl 53. 
During that game, he suffered a painful quad injury that resulted in internal bleeding and procedures to remove blood from his leg. He's also had numerous injuries throughout his career that led to his retirement. Knee, ankle, back, arm, chest. He's also estimated that he's had, quote, probably 20 concussions over the course of his career. Yikes. So initially I was going to say, what's 20 more? But then I realized (laughs) if you've had anywhere near that many concussions, I doubt your ability to count them accurately. Yeah. Oh, Uh, that's a good point. He's like, I've had a million concussions. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if you guys remember. Probably less than that. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but back in August, we covered it when Gronk said his head used to have a layer of liquid surrounding it as a result of these yeah. concussions. Why, why is he said it was squishy and you could like press it in in some areas because there was like a centimeter of liquid surrounding oh, the skull. Gross. So while it's well known that the 43-year-old Tom Brady plans to play until he's 45, Gronk plans to live until he's 33-ish. <laughs> Yikes. Poor little feller. About getting back on the gridiron, Gronk said, I said it from the beginning, that I wouldn't come back unless I'm feeling it, unless I'm feeling good, feeling healthy, and I'm feeling like I'm ready to go. Gronk said he knew he was ready for football when he started to remember his keys and parents' names on a regular basis. Well, that's good. Brain feel good. Learn. Knowledge. Pain. Time to numb brain again. (laughs) Even I can't remember where my keys are on a regular basis. Have we? Tom Brady, update, watch, update. Tom Brady, update, watch, update. Brought to you by... Handsome guy, handsome cream. Make sure to take a bath in it today. Joining us now on the podcast is ESPN senior draft analyst and first-time sports, sports, sports podcast guest, the draft god, Mel Kuyper Jr. Now, Mel, are you there? Uh, yeah, this is Mel Kuyper. Wait, Joel, that, that's you. Joel, Joel, I can tell it's you. That's, that's not you Mel Kuyper. And, and now it's on. time for another throwout. Oh, no, we've been fooled. Brought to you by the History Channel. Have you memorized it all yet? Oh, Jordan, I got you again. You know, worth it to see you in the Mel Kuyper wig, though. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, uh, I believe I told you guys last week that this week was going to be Bolata. Mm-hmm. Yep, sure. I remember that. I was taking notes. Yep, uh, I was Bolata, yeah, or flow, is a code of football developed and promoted by Italian fascists for a brief period during the late 1920s and early 1930s in an attempt to displace sports with non-Italian origins. Association (laughs) football and rugby union. You know, everything old is new again. You know what I mean? So this was Italy first soccer. Right. Exactly. And and you guys understand the difference between association football and rugby union, correct? No. That association football, why we call it soccer, is basically us uh, shortening association. Uh, And then rugby union is like a rugby game. Uh, when everybody's on the field at the same time. It's, it's the big final championship match when all of the rugby teams are, are on the rugby pitch together. All right, all right. That, that second one's not true. It's just rugby. It's what we Oh, I see. Uh, association football was popular in Italy uh, when the fascists came to power in 1921. 
Uh, and this is, hey, little history factoid. You know, a lot of people really think of it as it's like, oh, it's Hitler and then his sidekick Mussolini. Mussolini came to power 12 years before Hitler did. So Italian fascism was up and going and like a whole thing like when when Hitler still had no idea what he was doing. Yeah, isn't it weird when you don't give credit where credit is due? Yeah, you know, so the start of fascism is in Italy, you know? They really, because Hitler took it too far, they get to duck that one a lot. But well, the start so- of that generation of fascism, that's kind of like saying punk started with no FX, and you're like, eh, what about all the 70s punk, you know? Well, I think we all know that punk started with the Stooges in 1969, whether rock critics want to admit that or not. Oh, that's totally fair. Yeah, it's 100% true. They just don't want to admit that the the Midwest is where punk started. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, getting back to the task at hand. Uh, Although the fascists idealized association football for its contribution to physical fitness, it was seen at the time as an English game. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right? Exactly. Because the rules have been codified by the English Football Association, and the first organized matches had taken place in England. The fascists generally distanced themselves from cultural practices with foreign roots. Uh, And you do have to say uh, that is a practice that's easier in, say, Italy than it would have been in, like, the United States. Can you imagine all of our fascists being like, all right, nothing that started anywhere else, go now. We'd have nothing. We'd we'd have maybe, what, Ultimate Frisbee? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We'd have lacrosse, but uh, but something oh, great. Oh great! What yeah. a future! Oh god! Ooh. Fascists wouldn't want to uh, wouldn't want to jump on board with uh, with the Native Americans. So so it goes. Yikes! Uh, conversely, uh, rugby was seen as a modern interpretation of the extinct ancient Roman game of harpastum. Now you guys remember when I mentioned harpastum last time, right? Of course, Joel. We were, of course, talking about Calcio Fiorentino, which was the absurdly violent ball game played in, uh, in Renaissance and medieval Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Harpostum dates back to ancient Rome. Not a lot known about the rules, uh, but there are some, some interesting descriptions by historians. Uh, Athenaeus, for instance, wrote that Harpostum, which used to be called Finita, uh, is a game I like most of all. Great are the exertion and fatigue attendant upon contests of ball playing and violent twisting and turning of the neck. Hence, Antiphanes, damn it, what a pain in the neck I've got. Oh, that's where the phrase pain in the neck came from. Sure, maybe. Uh, He describes the game as thus. He seized the ball and passed it to a teammate while dodging another and laughing. He pushed it out of the way of another. Another fellow player he raised to his feet. All the while, the crowd resounding with shouts of out of bounds, too far, right beside him, over his head, on the ground, up in the air, too short, pass it back to the scrum. What extremely literal fans. Yes. (laughs) They had no nuance in the way they spoke. Like subtext hadn't been invented yet. Right. Uh, Here's another description from Gowan. Better than wrestling or running because it exercises every part of the body, takes up little time, and costs nothing. It was profitable training and strategy and could be played with varying degrees of strenuousness. Galen added, when, for example, PC people face each other, 
vigorously attempting to prevent each other from taking the space between, the exercise is a very heavy, vigorous one, involving much of the hold by the neck and many wrestling holds. Uh, so that's Harpostum. Volata, of course, uh, was then trying to recreate this and the medieval uh, Calcio Florentino. So how did the Italian fascists go about it? Well, they contested with eight-member sides, uh, with rules that were described in a uh, 1929 propaganda newsreel from Estutuluce as a synthesis of the essential elements of the games of Calcio and rugby. Uh, incidentally, my nickname in Italian class was Luce. Did you guys know that? That meant wrestler, like Luce Dor. No, no, no. It meant light because I would always sit under the light switch. And then the Italian teacher would go Luce when he wanted me to turn it off for a presentation. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah. or, or is it just shortening uh, Lucifer and they were going, a Lucifer. Nope, it just meant the lights. I know because he always had to replay, repeat it several times because I was terrible at Italian. Oh, sure. Luce, Luce, Luce. And I'd just sit there like an idiot, and he'd say Luce several more times. And then eventually, I'd go, oh, that's me. And I'd turn the lights off. And they would say, ah, 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 and then Taliano. <laughs> yeah. Uh, though, here's the thing, guys. Use of the word uh, calcio in that description from the 1929 propaganda newsreel was ambiguous, as it was you the usual name of association football. <gasps> ah. Right? Association uh, football, you say? Scandal. Yeah. Uh, and in 1930, uh, Calcio Fiorentino also revived at the behest of the fascists. Man, I'm starting to really think these fascists are more trouble than they're worth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, promoted by uh, fascist sporting and cultural organizations, Volata enjoyed a brief phase of popularity. More than 100 Volata clubs and a league were formally uh, reportedly formed. Formally reported. No, reportedly formed. Uh, however, the enduring popularity of association football caused the fascists to change their attitude towards the sport. Ugh. In 1933, Volata organizations and competitions were officially abandoned. Afterward, the fascists encouraged association football, and Italy hosted and won the 1934 World Cup. Ah, so, good for them. I'm beginning to see a little bit of irony here. <laughs> yeah. You know, Italy, apparently the best soccer country in the entire world, uh, and, and opted not to, to go with association football because uh, they didn't like British people. But then they had a triumphant return to the sport and won yeah. the World Cup on the, in their home territory, right? Their homeland. Right, which is, by the way... Uh, Talk about your, your, your kick in the pants. You're like, of course we're going to beat Italy. They just they, spent the last four years trying to ban soccer and reenact some medieval hobbity-boo. Yeah. This is, this is going to go easy. And, and look what happened. Yeah, but then during that time, because they got a little bit of break, they invented an olive garden. And the yeah. unlimited breadsticks and salad grew. But here's, here's one last thing, guys, and this is maybe – a little bit funny. The population of rugby and its place within Italian sporting culture appear to have been reduced by the changing policies of the fascists. And that's really the legacy of fascism that I don't think people talk about, you know, uh, is that it really prevented uh, rugby union from, from taking hold the way it should have. 
Well, uh, I'd say that's a decent trade-off to no longer have fascists in this world. Yeah, yep, well, we're done. No more fascists. All gone. <laughs> right? Uh, bing, bang, boom. But uh, nevertheless, rugby survived the fascist period and began to grow when Italy was occupied by the British Commonwealth forces from 1943 to 47. What's this? The Brits win again! <laughs> Man, all the they do is win, century. win, win, no matter what. 20th century is just the long story of British victory after British victory. <laughs> uh, and that brings to a close another Sports Throughout History! Brought to you by... The History Channel. We're going to put in extra commercials because you have to watch us. Joining us now on the podcast, we have a previous podcast guest and newly minted Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Rob Gronkowski. I'm Gronk. Hey, Hi. I'm Gronk, and I'm back. You're back. It's great to have you back. I'm a football player again. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Welcome back to the NFL. How does it feel? Oh, it was so hard not being in the NFL anymore. Now I feel like I'm going home again, only instead of going home, I'm going to work. Right. But is it something you feel comfortable with, I guess? It's much, much better. All those other jobs were scary. <laughs> what, what do you mean? What other jobs? It seemed like you were doing well in your year off. Oh, for a while, I was a football analyst. Oh, yeah, on Fox. That was, on that was, it was Fox. fun to see you on that. I and thought you were really good, like a new sort of vibrant energy that really sort of managed to fit into the format without uh, being just like the traditional guys. I'm not a vibrant energy. I'm grunk. Right. That, okay. Yeah. But when right. they would... When I had to, when it was my turn to talk, someone would say, you're on and point to me. And then I'd get scared. Oh, a little stage fright? Oh, I'd be scared because I wouldn't know what, why they were pointing at me. And then I'd have to remember, okay, I'm Gronk. Okay, there's cameras. Okay, I'm supposed to analyze football now. And then I would just say the first thing that came to my head, which was usually, I'm Gronk. Followed by football analysis. And maybe then a little of a little bit of, oh no, my brain's not working. Oh, Gronk. Yeah. So you're telling me you didn't enjoy your time as a television analyst. It was hard. So this was this was scarier than having 250 to 75 pound men who could run 40 yards in four and a half seconds try to hit you as hard as they could. Yes. And give you multiple <laughs> concussions. Public speaking to most people is scarier than death. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I'm grunk. You sure are, buddy. But, like, you, you, there were a lot of other things you were doing this offseason. I, I can't imagine that you just jumped back into football just because broadcasting didn't work out. Oh, no. I also tried to be a party MC with Gronk Beach. See, it seems like you did really great at that. Yeah, see, this feels like it's on brand. This feels like you. You are a party animal. Yes, this is just I'm you party embracing animal. It. And I'm Gronk. I'm not just party animal. I'm also Gronk. Right, Gronk, yeah, right. But, but, but how, how come this didn't work out? Or, or why didn't you just want to stick with this? Well, first, it combined my two favorite things, Gronk and Beach. Gronk right. Beach. You're a big beach guy, huh? Lots of people with sweaty, sweaty bodies all together having drinks. Sounds yeah. pretty good. Yeah. 
But then all of a sudden they said, hey, we need to figure out how much vodka we need to order. And where is the DJ booth going to be? And then corporate sponsors started saying, I want to sponsor Gronk Beach. What if I give you $100,000 for 10% and signage? And I just went, I'm Gronk. (laughs) (laughs) Sounded like this was not, the finances of it was not your area of expertise. Throwing a party is way harder than it used to be in college. You You could hire someone for that, though. Then you have to worry about OSHA regulations and 1099s. Very right, yeah. Jeez, I'd pile more on them, Joel. I'd have to set up Gronk LLC. Right, but again, that's I still, hard. I still have to believe all of this would be easier than again getting repeatedly struck uh, by someone moving over 20 miles an hour uh, and weighing close to 300 pounds. Nope, way harder. Again, with I, the math, uh, again with the math. Yeah. <laughs> Though after that, I decided that instead I was going to be a bank teller. Oh, well, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I got I to gotta stop you right there because I, I was reading a lot about, you know, what you've been doing in the offseason to prepare for the Update Watch update. And I hadn't heard anything about you being a bank teller. Oh, I was trying to do it on the DL. Start a new life. Really? Yes. So then, but on my first day, when I was counting out money, I would say, one for you and one for me and two for you and two for me. And they fired uh, me on the spot. Yeah. Otherwise, I think tellers would be really rich. I'm grunk. Especially at investment banks. I think those people would do really well. That's after I got fired, after they saw what I was doing, Lehman Brothers tried to hire me, but I said, no, <laughs> time to move on. Yeah. Uh, well... I mean, that's understandable, but you could always give it another try. I mean, I guess there's there's always more options than football, including just staying retired, you know? If you considered, you know, just living on the beach by by yourself with a few people. And, and I did. I tried to retire, so I moved into a retirement home. Hmm. Oh, jeez. I can't oh, imagine no. this worked out. I that cannot was... imagine this worked out. I don't, I don't know why they call it a retirement home. It's more like a waiting-for-death home. Oh, jeez, Gronk. That's yeah. a little dark, buddy. It yeah. was. And it was tough because everyone there had it more together than me. Well, oh, really? I kept saying, I'm Gronk. And they said, do you want to play checkers? And I went, too much pressure. There's <laughs> a lot of pressure. It's so many of- rules in checkers. So you, you are, I mean, there's less rules than there is in football, Gronk. Yeah. But football rules are, if you forget what you're doing, you just hit the person closest to you. Yeah, that's not so true about checkers. Yeah, that's why I got kicked out. (laughs) Oh, no. You you fought someone during a checkers game? Well, as soon as they said, king me, I got confused and I tackled them. (laughs) That hip is never going to be the same. I can't imagine it. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, buddy. Yeah. So finally, I decided I was going to be a podcaster. Oh, well, yeah. That, uh, that's a wonderful thing to do. No, but then I realized I'm not boring enough to be a podcaster. Hey, oh, wait. hey I'm that's drunk. What... I'm fun. People like hearing the things that I say. And podcasters all go, va, 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 va. And I didn't want to do that anymore. So here I am in football. 
So do you feel do you feel like you've come full circle, I guess? Do you feel like this is where you belong, buddy? I it was less a full circle and more a straight line. Isn't that what life really is? I I I guess so. Yeah. All right. And now I'm gonna hit people again. Yeah. I gotta and I gotta Gronk. say, Gronk, just just keep in mind that your health's important. And that, you know, you could try a, a different nursing home. Nursing I don't think that's home. the key. I don't think that's the key, Joel. I don't, I, Jordan, I think maybe a nursing home isn't such a bad idea for Mr. Gronkowski. I Let's think call it, it an assisted more... living facility. Yeah, Thank you. I, I, I think he would probably find a lot of ways to have a lot of fun, meet a lot of people. You know how else I could do that? By going to other people's parties. Yeah, or that. It sounds yeah. like you've cracked it, Gronk. I'm Gronk. All right. Hey, thanks a lot for coming on the show today, buddy. I'm Gronk. And now it's time for another wide world of weird sports. That's wide world sports. That's wide world sports. Wide world of weird sports. What do we got this week? This week's wide world of weird sports, Twin Galaxies. Hmm? Twin galaxies. Twin uh, galaxies. Yeah. Can you use it in a sentence? Twin Galaxies is an organization and social media platform that facilitates interaction, achievement, recognition, and competition between people involved in culture and activity of playing video games. Oh. So wait, is this just like a website for people who like video games? What? What? Well, it's easiest to kind of look at it as like the original esports. You know, okay. How and so? They, why do they call it Twin Galaxies? So, uh, Guinness Book of World Records considers Twin Galaxy to be the official supplier of verified video game world records. Oh, so this is that, like a database? No, well, it's it's a lot of things. Phil, you you did not you did not answer my question. I asked. Why is it called Twin Galaxies? You know, video games are like a different galaxy to this galaxy. I think that's what they yeah. were kind of aiming no. for. What they don't understand is that for this, you need to have a dry acronym. Okay? The NFL, the MLB, the NBA, the MLS. This is the NAVP, the National Association of Video Games Players. Or the, the IAVP. Either way, I'm not okay with just... I, I can't be expected to keep saying Twin Galaxies. Oh, Joel, this isn't an official league, though. Official leagues are like, uh, you know, E-E-S-T, uh, E-S-T. You said, you said they maintain the records. The people they maintain the records. Well, Elias Brothers, work. Elias Brothers is an MLB, Joel. Well, no, but even there, Elias Brothers, they didn't, they didn't call themselves like the, the Elias compadres, you know? I also realized just now that Elias Brothers is who owns Big Boy, and it's Elias who does the, the stats. Elias Brothers <laughs> Big Boy. I love it. Sounds like uh, you were a lie-in about that, huh, Jordan? I was. Well, if you're looking for the league that controls video games, it's the ESL. It's the eSports League. But this is Twin Galaxies that maintains record-keeping and holds competition. So, uh, right. the I, I just want eSports to know they're going to have to be less creative about naming if they want me to get interested. Well, at this point, this uh, wide world of sports is more about Joel's opinion on naming and less about <laughs> Twin Galaxies. So I'm sure they'll hear it. Yeah. 
Uh, in the mid-1981, Walter Day, founder of Twin Galaxies Incorporated, visited more than 100 video game arcades over four months, recording the high scores that he found on each game. Oh, by the way, greatest life ever. Right? Not too bad. I wonder if he made it to Flippers in Granville, Michigan. R.I.P. Flippers. Uh, <laughs> on November 10th, he Eleven opened Apple. his own arcade in Atuam, uh, Atumwa, Iowa, and named it Twin Galaxies. Okay. On February 9th, 1982, his database of records was released publicly as the Twin Galaxies National Scoreboard. Oh, this is kind of cool. So this was the first guy to be like, I've, I've looked at all these other arcades. I found the highest scores. I know them. You can come to my arcade and try to beat them. Totally. Because it's like all sports are all uh, uh, video game scores at that point lived on a machine level, you know? And decentralized. Yeah, totally decentralized. Like there was, if you never unplugged a machine, then it would keep your high score as long as you don't unplug the machine. So like on Dig Dug, you could have the record for a very, very long time, but there was no permanence there until Twin Galaxies came along. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, So Twin uh, Galaxies became known as the official scoreboard, arranging contests between top players. Twin Galaxies' first event attracted international media attention for gathering the first teams of video game stars. Top players in North Carolina and California were formed into state teams and faced off in the California Challenges North Carolina All-Star Playoff. Wow. Great name. Now, see, that's a sports name. (laughs) I don't know. The fact that they just say what it is and then call it the, like... California challenges North Carolina. Like, they could have done California v. North Carolina all-star play. I don't know. It feels weird. Mm-mm. No, that's that's that creativity I'm talking about, Phil. Yeah, that's fair. They played on 17 different games in Lakewood, California, and Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina. California defeated North Carolina 10-7. to Yeah, Woo! I hope so. Go California. Uh, similar competitions were also conducted during the summers of 83 and 84 when Day organized players in many U.S. states to form teams and compete in high-score contests for the Guinness Book of World Records. The states included included, uh, included California, North Carolina, Washington, Illinois, Nebraska, Ohio, Michigan, Idaho, Florida, New York, Oklahoma, Alaska, Iowa, and Kansas. How do we Sorry, go? Rhode Island. Uh, I think we're actually pretty good. Michigan's pretty good with esports too, in general. So yeah, a lot of time stuck inside. That's true. That's true. Uh, so skipping ahead on July twenty fifth, nineteen eighty three, Twin Galaxies established the professional U.S. national video game team. Now I feel like we're getting a little closer to what Joel's asking for. Yeah, the U.S. NVG team. There we go. Yep. Walter Day was the team captain. The U.S. NVGT toured the United States during the summer of 83 on a 44-foot GMC bus filled with arcade games, appearing at arcades around the nation and conducting the 1983 video game Masters Tournament. That sounds incredible. That sounds fucking incredible. Yeah. Oh, I believe it was. Under the direction of Day, functioning as an assistant editor for the Guinness Book in charge of video game scores, the US NVGT gathered annual contest results that were published in the 84 through 86 US editions. I've got to find those editions and collect them because that's pretty cool. Um, then every month between 1991 and 1994, 
the U.S. publication of Electronics Gaming Monthly, which I was a subscriber at that time, published a full-page uh, high-score table titled the U.S. National Video Game Team's International Scoreboard. That's really cool. Yeah. Boy, yeah, this is... I had no idea any of this existed. Uh, well, you would if you went to uh, E3 every year uh, and then saw the... They have, like, a retro section where no, they no, have, I, like... I, I meant back in... Obviously, I know it exists now. You were just telling me about it, Bill. I meant back in, like, 91 when I was nine. Oh, I see. Um, well, let's talk a little bit more about the console video game world championships. Mm. Twin Galaxy conducted the first console video game world championships during Twin Galaxy's first annual Twin Galaxy's video game festival at the Mall of America in Bloomington, Minnesota on the weekend of July 20th through 22nd, 2001. And this would be the tournament where they just try to really help the people who lose deal with uh, deal with what happened to them. Uh, wait a second. I'm trying to figure out where that joke came from. Because it was the console video game championships. Oh, because you're consoling people. <laughs> oh, man, that was a long... That took me a long way around. Oh, boof. Well, I'm proud of myself. The last one that they did uh, was June 12th through 14th in 2009. They did the Steve Wiebe Donkey Kong World Championship attempt, and Walter Day presented inaugural Twin Galaxies Hall of Fame ceremony. You might recognize those names from the movie The King of Kong, Steve Wiebe versus Walter, or as Walter Day. Uh, both interviewed for that about the uh, who held the Donkey Kong world title. So Great pretty movie. cool. Yep, absolutely. And that brings an end to another wide world of weird sports. Oh, let's wait until we get to a whole bunch of other esports things like Time Attack and Speedrun. That'll be fun. Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings to a close another sports. Sports. Sports podcast but before we go we're going to bring back rob gronkowski to see if he can read you our contact information i'm crunk before yep. i start playing football again i'm gonna try out one more career as somebody who gives contact information you can find all of our back episodes at comedypodcastnetwork.com oh wait a second this is an old copy oh, i've no. ruined everything again no oh, hey, no Ron Gronk, you're doing great. Okay, I've just got to calm down. Whew. Okay. You can find us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash sports the number three podcast. That's twitter.com slash sports the number three podcast. While you're there, send lots of pictures. Or you can find us on facebook.com slash sports the number three podcast. That's facebook.com slash sports the number three podcast. If you get scared, hit somebody. Or you can find all of our back episodes at anchor.fm slash sports number three podcast. That's anchor.fm slash sports number three podcast. I was also a boat captain for a while. Many, many people are dead. Thanks, Gronk. Thank you. I'm Gronk. Hey, guys. Joel. Joel. I'm, I'm glad the fascists are gone. Most Bye, Joel. Bye, Joel.